0: G'day, it is The Coach. Hope you are all praying in the name of Sotek. It is The Coach here and we are talking early edition Seraphon and I'm joined by, first off, I love the background. I love that you have gone into a temple of Sotek and you have donned yourself with gold, with ivory, with the finest leather couches the old ones could leave you. It is Ridge from the seasons of war and I'm Excited to learn how our space lizards, but also our jungle lizards, but just generally how Seraphon has handled third, third edition. But before we get into that, obviously you are some of Canada's finest. We won't tell Jordan that, but <laughs> um, do you want to give a quick intro of who you are and some of the why? Or I mean, one, you're here because you're awesome, but who are you and, and what brings you to the party of Seraphon?
1: Yeah, for sure uh thanks for the compliment this is uh, carly's doing my partner she likes a lot of gold and i brought i brought croak and he hasn't been seeing the table very much so figured i'd bring him out here uh and uh just a card of swords for some funds but no yeah so my name is ridge i'm uh, most of you well people that have seen season of war have probably seen me um so yeah jordan started up a channel it's well it's been over a year now so i've um, been doing bat reps it's just absolutely so fun so awesome to be doing um Jordan, you know, he does so much work for the channel. Um, it's, it's just it's crazy how much work has been editing everything else. Um yeah, just awesome um to be here and, and talk to you about Seraphon. I've been playing Seraphon for uh I didn't play him in fantasy, but my, what happened, my my friend's uh, brother actually gifted me a lot of lizard men back in the fantasy days. So I played Skaven, I've played Skaven, you know, since uh fantasy. So that was my kind of first true love, like my first army. But uh, I got a lot of Seraphon um early on so i was playing them in, in uh, before second edition when it was the slam and just summoning in the backfield and skinks running away and you know and then this new new book dropped and it was just absolutely bonkers so um you know I, and that's something i always say like oh just to clarify the seraphon players that aren't the bandwagon jumpers that you know when that new book came out people kind of just uh all started playing but uh yeah it's it there's not a more fun army man it's You know so diverse there's so many different bottles so many different yeah i jumped on this just just
0: just as an fyi i jumped onto this the the space lizards or more importantly i actually jumped onto the dinosaurs i am wearing my seraphon shirt i've got an old school warhammer fantasy shirt that's full of skinks with bows and um it was really interesting like when i saw that particular box set this broken realms box set i thought it was incredible value um i always thought that seraphon would be a really cool hobby army just to have a lot of fun, um, you know, being able to at least play casually. And actually, that's the reason why I bought two of these boxes, because I wanted to have something casually that I could play on a Friday night. I just wanted to chill, drop the box, and make a whole bunch of noise. But run around dinosaurs, like I love the idea of stegodons and Engine of the Gods and Bastiladons and Carnosaurs, and I thought that would be a whole lot of fun. And I remember looking at the the old battle uh, battalions, And it locked me into salamanders. It locked me into, like, Croxigaws and things that I didn't, like, Razodons. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I just want to run around big dinosaurs for lols. And then, obviously, Croaks come around, and Croaks had a change in Broken Realms and a great new model. And it's interesting now that the list that I was building around, you know, Heavy stegodon and Engine of the Gods and um, uh, Bastilodon and just that type of build – is actually now the new hotness compared to what was happening a couple only a couple of months ago, which was all about fangs of Sotek and Skinks and Croak and Bailwinds and Astralift yep. Bearers. So it's interesting how the meta has definitely swung, um, and I'll be and we'll unpack certainly some of the changes for third edition and how the two I guess coalesce and Starborn are kind of coming out in your opinion. And I guess. For anyone who's new to the show, this is not the definitive guide to Seraphon. We're not going to tell you that if you love, I don't know, Soros Knights, that they're hot garbage and that <laughs> makes it true in fact. It's just our observations in third edition. And as the meta evolves, as battle packs change, and who knows how long we play in Gur, as, um, you know, new things come onto the table, obviously our list will change. But... Yeah, just a very early thoughts around like what has been your observation so far coming from second edition to third edition with Seraphon?
1: Yeah, you pretty much hit it on the head with just Soros Knights, anything. Like everyone wants to play their sort. I have a 100 Soros Warriors that, you know, I haven't played. Luckily, we have a a Bat Rep channel. So once in a while, you know, when we're playing Night Han or we're playing Feck or, you know, some of the other armies, I'll bust out the the Soros Warriors and things like that. Um, But it's like you just said, it's just the book. The book is so diverse. You know, um, when I first got into it, playing Seraphon and Skaven, they're two of the most diverse books. So you have so many different units. And in the new Seraphon book, so many of them are viable. Um, It's it's just crazy. Like you can play, you know, like you said, the new hotness, a lot of the dinos because they score battle tactics really well. Um, You know, or you can still play your Dracothians or your Fangs of Sotek lists. And that's generally what I've played for the last, you know, year and a half to two years, um, heavy Fangs of Sotek. Um, but now I've been dabbling quite a bit into Jacothians as well, even in Aos too, Jacothian's Tale, you were seeing a lot of the Croak and Slan and Astral fair builds that were super magic dominant, um, throwing in the, uh, what, Knight, whatever cheapest Stormcast wizard they can for the Comet for some more yeah. uh, mortals. So I've seen that a lot in TTS and, you know, I was playing tons of TTS last year because clearly with the pandemic, we weren't uh, playing uh, in tournaments too, too, too much. Um, so, yeah, just playing lots of fangs. Um, but, yeah, from two from two to three, it, I think the biggest change has been just the reinforcements. So because skinks are now, you know, held to 30 packs instead of 40s um, and then salamanders as well. Like it was ridiculous that salamanders could be in three packs, teleporting them around and shooting, you know, 12 shots, at twos and threes minus two D3. Like it was just wild the amount of damage and then charging them in. You know, with 3d6 charge with plus one to charge with it's yeah. It's crazy. Well, my
0: last my last tournament game against Seraphon was, and you're gonna laugh at this, it was a hundred and fifty skinks.
1: Yeah, it I was yep.
0: four blocks of twenty, and then I think it was two or three units of chameleon skinks, then obviously the skink heroes and croak. And um, and like looking at that build. Like one, it was so oppressive for my little gargants running up the table, just getting mortal wounds shot, and then like landlocked with spells, there's a whole bunch of things. Um, but obviously when I when I played Seraphon and against Seraphon, you know, I seen Blocky McLean in the in the chat here. He's obviously a really good Seraphon player, and a lot you know, of the Seraphon lists oh, he's 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 great. Yeah. Um one one a, a quite large tournament that i was at um not not too long ago when we could yeah. play and one of the cool things was is that you would see very similar builds like it was always you know croak bail wind bearer skinks protecting a uh, sore the soros guard to to bounce off the mortal wounds and as an opponent you quickly learned how to counter that um if you could or you'd try to build around it you do x and y and z etc. etc. i feel like now Now that build is still there if you really want to go down to it, but there's now a heavy incentive that you can go down the dinosaur build. You don't have to go fangs of Sotek just to get the most competitive. I feel like at the time there was fangs up here and then everyone else was kind of here um yeah. now it's 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 very much you, you've got multiple builds and I just want to shout out poet as well who who donated some 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 dollars to the chat thank you very much uh, much appreciated but would you agree with that do you think that there is now more builds competitively compared to what you saw in second
1: ed a hundred percent. So in in second ed, there was still people were still playing Thunder Lizards. It was still a good viable army. Um, back then it was you're running two um, double shooting them. You know, a lot of rules have changed to three, but uh, people were still doing really well um, in a lot of like Hammer Time tournaments. And um, there was multiple different TTS tournaments that happened. Uh, PASC ran a bunch of them. Um, the Butcher's ones like, yeah, they were, they were doing really well. Um, but it was just Fangs was just so oppressive because croak could just bail wind hop 15 inches whatever unbind it recast it and just get anywhere he wants and then 22 inch mortal everything off of the board so it was yeah you'd get
0: rid of you you would get rid of all of those support heroes you would have those big blocks of skinks that would just like absolutely um stop you from touching any of those support heroes and for a lot of armies they didn't have the tools to handle that and you're right like you know people were still running thunder lizards and there was still some really good lists but when you compared like this the the levels there were there was
1: no one was just
0: completely different
1: yeah, and I remember not a lot of people, well, some people would run the camo skinks as well. So that's one thing that's very much changed for me is I still will roll, throw like a, a five pack in here or there, but my competitive list at the end of two actually was, um, which the, the heroes are pretty much the same for everyone who played them. It's croak, astrolith, skink priest, skink star priest. And then you're going to go 10 skinks, 10 skinks, 40 skinks. And then if you want to add more skinks, usually you're having one three pack of sallies and then 20 camos. That, and then your, your three end, so your bailwind bound found geminids, and that's pretty much what i ran at the end of it so a lot of not a lot of people ran the 20 camos because just skinks were just cheaper and you could just do it but that allowed you to deep strike the 20 camos down teleport your 40 block and then run and charge your three sallies all in one turn like you know what i mean it was and then croak is is absolutely destroying things with mortals so yeah yeah, it's just crazy
0: (laughs) man. And and maybe I'll maybe let's unpack a little bit about why we think that, you know, once Fangs is still good, we've talked about it, it's still you can still run Fangs, if you don't want to go dinos, that's cool. do Do you it's still competitive. But some of the things that have really leveled the playing field that I'm curious to unpack is first off, we've had um croak who has got a new war has got a new model first off that model is exceptional um but with that new model came new rules um and the new rules are not just like a minor tweak it's not like bellacore who kind of glowed up a little bit this was a complete rewrite to the way that you handle wounds the way you kill croak um obviously we've now had the bailwind vortex disappear completely um like how how have you found croak now in third ed
1: Yeah, I could talk about this one for a good uh, half an hour, probably. Um, So I was always a big, well, obviously a big fan of Croak in two. Um, Even in three, I did try. So we went to Grand Clash. It was the end of AOS 2 and Kragnos was in play. So the new Croak was in and I brought him in my game one. I played KO um, Vortex. And this was when you didn't get to pick where your pyramid was going. So I lost the roll off. So I didn't get the side of where my pyramid was. So I got the Vortex in a decent position into me and then completely unloaded onto croak i had him in cover and before that he was allowed to get look out serve, blah blah all that and he ended up taking at the end of the day he took um, nine wounds um, after the five source guard died because I, I had five just five source guard and then i rolled 3d6 and i rolled an 11 so the first tournament i ever played in game one i lost croak in turn one to a ko Zilphan, um alpha and then I ended up going 5-1. Well, I ended up winning my next five games and going 5-1. Um, but in that, that was when Seraphon was absolutely busted, like just crazy. Um, but it just shows you, yeah, like, Croak. that tournament play, you don't want things that are to chance. Like, that's why you're going to see a lot of people, as me included, are running this land because just you can always roll that three, the three sixes. Like, I remember Jack from me rolling ones. I saw a tweet. He like had a, he rolled three sixes and took two wounds and his croak died like right away or, or his opponents, I can't remember, yeah. but it's just that unreliability is just not good for, uh, for tournament play. It's, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm having that. And, and I know this is not the Daughters of Cain show. It's my, it's my current passion. It's the army that I'm playing with and I'm having a real tough time at the moment and frustrations because I am playing a lot of things like Witch Brew, like mine Razor, like a whole, like even, you know, even just like the blood rights table, all of that stuff, is high chance, especially like Mindraiser casts on eight. And there's a lot of magical supremacy out there and even more unbinds because priests can unbind and i'm yep. finding that what daughters of king really enjoyed in you know first and second edition they've lost a lot with the, the battle Tome rewrite so coming back to seraphon yeah absolutely i can see that you know the more risk that you take and you are basically a destruction player when you start playing with risk mm-hmm. um the greater the chance that you're right like lord croak while he's got 18 wounds the way you calculate how you kill him is based on a weird table where you roll in every phase not at every turn and you know with an unlucky dice roll and you spike it you can auto kill croak and it can work in your favor it means that croak can essentially be indestructible or yeah. with the right amount of damage you can pop a 400 character with one bad dice roll
1: yeah without so without guard it's it's a nine and a half wounds because as we know 3d6 10 and a half their averages there's 50 percent chance he's going to die without guard at, uh, if you've taken nine wounds so but all this being said, I still think he's definitely viable. Like he's still able to be played. Um, there's a few different ways. So you can either run 10 guard, like run 10 guard and then use those guard and, and charge him right up the middle of the field. He has a couple amazing abilities. So a lot of the ones that people don't usually remember or, you know, if they haven't played the, the army very much is just the Arcane Vassal. So even that Skink freeze that's up 12 inches from him. Or with three, there's a lot of interesting things because you can give the Arcane Tome to the Engine of the Gods or to the Skink Chief on Stagodon. They become a Skink Wizard. As long as they're within 12 of Croak, he can cast Celestial Deliverance from them. So Mm. kind of a little cheeky thing with AOS3 that they have came out. They've always had the Troglodon, so he's an Oracle. So if he's anywhere on the board, you can do Celestial Deliverance from him. But his points are just absolutely ridiculous for, you know, he went up a ton of points as well. So you know running 10 yes. guard running five guard um he's he's now innately plus two to cast so there's a bat rep with where jordan and i played um he was running techless and i was just unbinding his i was because i was plus uh three right the asterism gives plus one and then he's an eight plus two so yeah his he's casting four spells out of ten i'm i'm casting an eight and nine so that's an 11 and 12 you know what i mean and i'm unbinding techless so like there are some some Ways to use them for sure, uh, but at Lockheed Ridge revealing our secrets, I love it. <laughs> uh, That's but- really the secret source of this show. I find out all the little secrets and
0: I get you all to share it with me. So I learn from you. I think equally, Seraphon players who are listening to this, you're hearing all the secret sauce, but equally for me, it's like, right, how do I beat this? And I think you're right with Croak. I think you've got to look at croak very differently. It's not like, cool, I got a new model. How do I build around the way I've always played? You've got to really re-look at the way you used to play with it. And I think things like Astrolyph Bearer may not be as relevant today as it was for this particular croak. But I'm also seeing some people who have dropped croak and have just gone to the generic um, Slan. So, um, and and I'm I'm seeing some interesting play and obviously we will go through one of Ridge's lists um, and explain a little bit about how this all works, you know, towards the, I guess the half end of the show. But um, I think Croak is, is, is it's an interesting one. I know I've been thinking about with Thunder Lizards and kind of moving him up because he doesn't need that bubble anymore. Moving him up with Stegadons and Carnosaurs and all the dinos. I thought they'd just be, I don't know, Jurassic Park 7
1: yeah it's you you still that it would be epic and and the model's amazing and i i took a while to paint it just because i wanted to bring it to the last aos 2 like i said where he was still amazing but you know he's he is yeah i don't know he's still good the slant is with the astral bear. i think the question becomes with the you with croak you definitely still want the astral bear because 16 inch is still quite a bit for celestial deliverance so you're still able to project it from 16 inches if something comes into your lines you're still you know you're still going to do a lot of mortals when you're running the slant it's not necessarily that you need the Astral Spare because he's going to extend your range by six inches for, you know, Celestial Deliverance is already 24 inches. A lot of your other spells you, you're going to be able to get already. Um, the, you're more going to see the Astral Spare with the Slan is if you're running um, Starborn because you get D3 extra Celestial Conjuration points and he gives the six up uh, ward, which actually now has changed as well. So if you're running Source Guard, you don't get, you can't take the, the ward save as well. So, you know, probably a, a good change, um, more for, you know, Bellicor passing off wounds and then getting a five up, discussing resilient and then, you know, that type of stuff. But it, it affects Seraphon as well. But yeah.
0: and at the time, and that's probably a good call out is at the time of this recording, we have just had the FAQ on the FAQ. So assuming we don't get an FAQ on the FAQ on the FAQ, we are on the FAQ. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's Croak. Like, let's like, like, I know you said you could talk for half an hour and I would normally oh, yeah. take you up on that. Let's put Croak to the side. I think it's, Croak's changed. Croak's um, still viable. Croak's different. I think that's the key. Is that you know if you you still you could still use it. It's just a different way you've got to use it. And you, the way you 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 would traditionally build around Croak may not be the right way to do it moving forward. Just as a call out. Yeah, you've had coherency changes and you've already kind of alluded to this a little bit so you've had coherency changes so the way we've got to have models coherent and I guess even it kind of ties in a little bit to the way we reinforce units and having a restriction on those reinforcements how has that changed or, or made your list building process different
1: that's the biggest change like I said at the beginning the the not the coherent coherency hasn't really affected us too much You're always able to, if you're having a 10-pack of screen for skinks, you can just put triangles at the end, and if they're going to die, they're going to die anyways. It might affect, say, like, pterodons, I guess, because you don't want to run six of them anymore because not getting them into combat, but they were never really great in combat. Um, You
0: used to to see blocks of, I was just thinking of saurus Warriors, because in in some of the builds, I've played a couple of saurus Warrior builds where you've got those big blocks of 20 to 40, I think, at the time, and they're on
1: 32s. Yeah, so the four, if you were running 40 source Warriors, yeah. There, actually, I did see at Grand Clash there was like two blocks of 40 source Warriors. But again, that's not the most competitive stuff. It's it's good because you can add save stack on them, in, even yeah. in two. You and reducing
0: could, the damage as well was always like grinds my gears. I think you, re, you reduced yeah. Rend as well, used to grind my gears.
1: Back in the old book, it used to be, yeah, uh, they used to have not get Rend one. But then they ended up just giving them plus one save. Plus so one. Then now they're at a four up save. Um, but coherency with them. Yeah, I guess it would affect if you were playing Soros and that type of stuff. Um, but what you were saying before is, is the big one. Reinforcements is what absolutely changed them. So like I said, you're not able to take three packs of Sally's anymore. Um, you're only allowed four reinforcements. So often when, when I'm building lists, it's, you know, I'm going to be going, um, if you're going 30 skinks, that's two already. So then you're going to go, you know, a two pack of Sally, two pack of Sally. There you go. That's your reinforcements for most of your fangs and Dracothian's tail. Um, when you're looking at your thunder lizards, you don't care about reinforcements, you're 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 good. Four is more than enough, uh, especially if you're running staggies as a uh, battle line, which um, you know you skinks are still amazing as we'll talk about later um, with the minus one damage just having that many wounds. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's kind of it with the reinforcements it's it's, it's mainly with with them. But camels, I guess too, like I said, I used to run k- big camel blocks because they can deep strike. So you drop down fifteen or twenty camos, and then pair it with comet so you're doing say two or three mortal wounds from comet and then you drop down even a five pack or 10 pack of camels like they can finish off heroes all that but now you're you don't want to use your reinforcement points on camels cuz then you might as well just run them in fives, like MSUs. Yeah, you might
0: as well stick to those those small units. I think that's that's probably the big challenge. Is you do you used to see a lot of big blocks, and you know, in some of the lists that I played against, you'd have two big blocks at least, or even three big blocks, or at least double reinforcing, which we would now call it. Um, yeah. It does hurt, obviously, the pterodons and um, and those types of builds. Especially, you have got to think about when you start going from I think is it three to six. Um, and start looking at the the range of your weapons. I think some of them have only got one-inch range, so you can't get all of the attacks in uh, unless you start taking damage. Yeah. And I think the other consider... Inch, yeah, so yeah. that's that's a, b- a big challenge and maybe a disincentive of why you would go for six and you just stick to three. Yeah. But the other change that kind of works in your favor is that monsters have now gained um, five... Um, on the objective so then so i think that was the challenge that i was having when i started to build my thunder lizards was at the time a steggy was only worth one so yeah. i would have like a i'd have like a Sun's army but without the rules of getting more than one model and you couldn't win on the objective really unless you went in and still had a block of skin or Asaurus warriors or whatever it is yep has that helped you a lot being able to have your monsters count as five or your multi-wound models counting as
1: two Oh, tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. And Thunder Lizards, I think it's, it's, it is a great change because like you just said, a lot of models, that was a huge problem. You know, they were really strong models. You wanted to use them, but at the end of the day, they count as one model. So how many times have you charged in, uh, you know, back in AOS 2, a Terror Geist and killed 28 tanks? I, like, I was just thinking, I was
0: just thinking, I'm like, cool. Yeah, you can double attack, but as long as I have enough bodies to block you off the objective, You'll never win. You'll just I've just gotta hold I've just gotta hold that, that fence.
1: Yeah. So it's it's a great change and for Seraphon with a lot of the Thunder lizards for sure, because you're you're gonna be running a lot of stagadons, right? It's uh yeah, I, I don't know, I can't say anything better. It's awesome. I'm glad that it happened.
0: And then it kind of works well with the the battle pack we're currently playing in, which was GUR. So it's obviously giving us uh, more battle tactics. And I'll get your opinions on battle tactics with Seraphon in a minute. And I think some of the feedback that I was getting from the Discord when I was asking them, like, you know, how have you found the Starborn as opposed to the Coalesced? One of them was saying that if you go too heavy on the Starborn traditional build, it makes battle tactics scoring a lot harder, they've just found. I don't know if you agree with that statement, but I can see that that more aggressive style of Thunder Lizard and just co- coalesced in general um, definitely works better for grand strategies and battle tactics over than the castle and then winning on objectives.
1: Yeah, 1 million percent. So as you know, there are, what, three or four that if you so you kill a battle lion with a monster, you kill the general with a monster, um, monsters take over. You know, there's so many battle tactics now that you want a monster. So, you know, um, i I think when it first came out it was like okay or when three first launched i was thinking in my head everyone was all about um if you don't have monsters then they or if you don't have any monsters then you can't lose any points for them dying right because that's everyone at first was like i don't want to run monsters that are going to die because you're just giving your opponent points so that still i think is something to think about so in my most of my draco tail and fangs list i'll you know include either the skink chief on stagadon with the amulet of destiny So, you know, being resilient or I, you know, have a Phoenix or, you know, there's a lot of different options that you can do that you want, like a resilient monster. So they're not getting a point for killing it, but you want that monster to be able to get broken ranks or be able to get, um, well, monsters take over, I guess, anything can get that. So, but uh, that's, that's kind of where it's at now. And, and I think with some of these um, really good Thunder Lizard lists, um, it's scoring more battle tactics, uh, is better than losing say we say you lose one or two stagadons that's not as much of a point deficit as many as you're going to score from having those monsters so scoring an extra one from these battle tactics i think that's where you're seeing like like jack armstrong that list that he put up in one that uh five the, or the gt you know he's it's like pretty much all stagadons and then it's two sally's one sally and it's like he's probably scoring so many points extra if a couple stagadons die a turn like who cares you're scoring more points from the battle tactics of, of killing, then you care about your monsters dying. So, yeah.
0: And because you've got some strong casting, you've always got metamorphosis as well. So, um, and I've found that's been really helpful, especially for some of those, um, those uh, battle tactics where I've got to have three monsters or two monsters to activate the bonus VP. Um, by using metamorphosis especially having some consistency of getting plus one plus two or more um, it really allows you to get that metamorphosis spell off and if you don't want to go down the heavy stack you know i guess that's the message i don't want people to walk away with that you've got to go down the thunder lizard it's just what we're finding is different compared to fangs because fangs still has the spell ability you can still bring in um i know when i was looking at my list and i was trying to think about well I've got this double box of the um, the broken realms. Like where do I expand out on, you know, what does a Carnosaur do for me? The Troglodon really impressed me. I looked at that and went, okay, I am <laughs> might be cooking with gas here. I really like this Troglodon doing some healing, <laughs> having the skink on there. Like there was some good stuff in that that, that Troglodon. Um, but you've got ways to work around it if you don't want to go down super monster route.
1: Yeah, Gotrek. There you go. Put Metamorphosis on Gotrek and you're going to love every minute of it. That's uh I saw actually. I think he's friends of buckets of Vito uh, Ropo or whatever. He did pretty well at the Florida Open, and he had Gotrek in his Thunder Lizard list. So that was a super cheeky. uh, Well, Gotrek is like we knew right away that he's he's in everywhere. He's everywhere. He's if you have an order army, you insert him and you're good. But having you know Starborn armies that can teleport around, and then putting the Ginger Midget just in the front and down the middle, and you can kind of teleport around. It's how are you not going to win? Like I I bought a Gotrek just. I don't know. I keep telling myself I'm not going to play them, but you know, when you're playing our Ar- Archeons and the gashes that are two up rolling ones and all this stuff, it's like some of these big events, you know, it's, it's no holes bar. You bring your, your big list. Cause it's, people other people aren't going to hold back so no and and that's probably one one other call out i'd make there is um is how you're dealing
0: with um and i keep talking about the meta right you know for anyone who like what is the meta it's just the environment it's just where you play you know when you go to a game store there's a local meta and some of your mates not might own an archeon so you don't have to worry about that that's not your local meta but when you go to a tournament um i went to a tournament like six months ago and the, out of 60 players there was t- 10 Arkeons so like that's a very different meta to what i might play at my game store but one thing that i'm noticing in third edition at the moment is there's a lot of high saves you're getting really super durable heroes that are on three up armor saves that can easily go to a a one-up um to ignore rend two because you you know you can only ever have a plus one to your armor save at best but you can really reduce the rend then they can heal they can have wards and even like last night, I played a game against, I think it was two or three units of Blood Knights. So again, they're a three-up, can easily go up to a two-up, super durable, and I need Mortal Wounds as opposed to higher end. How are you finding that with your your boys?
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's Seraphon are one of the best armies. at ah, Vito's in the chat, nice. Yeah, Vito's in the chat. Yeah, yeah, He, I mean, I remember watching him on TTS a bunch, awesome player. He played a lot of Fangs as well. We used to, yeah, it's awesome. Um, uh, what, what, sorry, where, where was I? Was
0: we, 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 we were talking about armor saves and just like the high, you, got you, got you. at the moment, because I think that's one big thing, right, you know, um, and why, you know, things like skinks still and being able to do mortal wound shooting can yeah, be still very powerful and I wouldn't leave them at home.
1: Yeah, so Seraphon are one of the best, this is where I was going, yeah, Seraphon are one of the best armies for mortal wounds. So even in two, they had, you know, your Salamander's wound on uh, hit rolls of six, D3 mortals, so good. Skinks, wound rolls of six with the uh, Serpent Staff, mortals. Chameleon Skinks drop down, mortals. Uh, You know, they have a million ways to do a lot of mortals. Um, The one thing that they don't really have great is a rend. So especially with a lot of these uh, armies you're seeing with, Uh, Thunder Lizards is stagadons. Everything has one rend, even the Carnosaur. Like it it drives me absolutely ballistic that the Carnosaur can't get two rend on his claws and his mount attacks. There's an artifact that lets you get add one rend of the blade of realities, but it's to the with the the rules. It's just to the uh, source guy on top. So grinds my gears that you know i really want a carnosaur like as a oh. jurassic park fan i just want a carnosaur
0: leading my triceratops and my velociraptors i just want that that jurassic park experience yes i know that's not seraphon models but i want that experience <laughs> but i can't justify that that carnosaur i was like oh, yeah. which is why i went this like the troglodon kind of is is what's leading
1: me towards um this guy right yeah. here that's so his name's Dorfy. i don't know i that's what i call him on the channel and i constantly like jordan laughs at me all the time because through sometimes of my generalship, not getting him in like make him fly and I'll try to get him into combat and he'll just the first like three games I think on the channel he didn't even get into combat so just hilarious that I think I think the Carnosaur needs to go down to Marathi's shop and have a chat to see how
0: Marathi got her Ren 2 back and maybe the Kano gets a Ren 2 but you know back to your point around the mortals and I was just thinking about and I'm sure this has happened many times in your bat reps
1: unleash hell with the skinks yeah well more with the salamanders but the skinks just because if so i have ran fangs and now that you're able to use unleash hell so you can position your um sallies just kind of behind your skinks or like near your skinks so if they do get charged then you can parting shot with your skinks and still unleash hell with your salamanders so awesome there but the reason it's not as great with the skinks is because they hit on fives so you know if you're probably going to have Harold of the old ones from the skink priest so they're going to be hitting on fours so it just puts it back to fives so in dracothian's Tail, for instance yes unleash hell still works if you've got the serpent staff on them you need the mortals or they're not doing a ton um i guess before mm-hmm. too with with the ren thing um so i, th- I was going to go on to a point of of salamanders so that's kind of your only source of having Uh, amazing mortal mortal wounds and minus two rend so Mm -hmm. salamanders absolutely slap like they went up 10 points in aos 3 which is not very much for how good they are um and and they also do they hit in combat so well as well like they're four attack shooting and then three in combat if you're in coalesce then they're four in combat as well so that's your big source of minus two rend um as well as mortal wounds Um, but you can run so i have seen some lists run um you know you can run four by two salamanders because that's your all your reinforcement point, yeah, points yeah that would no, be a, yeah no skinks which is still you know a very very good list especially especially in dracothian's tail where you can just drop all of those down holy 18 of your sland. which as Locky was saying giving away all the tech but no everyone knows how dracothian's tail works um but yeah salamanders are um stonks they're they're definitely one of the the good good units in the book for sure for rend as well yeah
0: yeah and, that, and that's probably the challenge is um and you know it, we've said this on the channel and other people are talking about it rend one is still okay but when you start facing these high armor saved um, and then to be able to heal the characters you know you've got to sh- throw a compl- high velocity of attacks and i think that can be challenging with you you've got more quality attacks high you've mentioned you know the sallies with rend two, but more importantly you've got a whole bunch of mortals and being able to chip mortals through spells as well um yeah. We've been talking a lot about like some of the models that uh, you think of are working really well, and I've been impressed by a bunch of models in three e. And when I'm looking at my lists, um, there are certain things that really stand out. I- I'm curious to know, like, is there any models that you think of really won or are worth considering in three e compared to two? Oh, just in general, like when I looked at it, right? You know, like Steggies definitely have won. We've we've, we've already time talked about like Steggys, like, uh, yeah. are good. Is there any other models that maybe either people should consider that maybe they weren't I- included in two or ones that you've just played with in three and you're like, yep, cool. This is a, a close to an auto-include model.
1: Yeah, so for sure it's it's your your same old friends of skinks are still amazing. People will talk about them only being in 30s, it's like that's still 60 shots. And and if you have the staggered on to give plus one attack, that's you know, around that, because you're not going to get all of them into combat, but still skinks are still amazing so they're still probably your your go-to in in those uh starborn types of lists salamanders like you said um uh what was i going to say the uh are still absolutely amazing so definitely double double shooting them in thunder lizards uh even like saurus knights are very good they were very good in second edition as well so in coalesce they get plus one jaw attack so that's to their guy up top plus the plus the mount so they're putting out seven attacks a model so you run five of them that's 35 attacks you give them the serpent staff they're wounding on uh, sixes to uh, six to wound is an additional mortal as well plus you can give them you know plus one to hit or you give them the sixes to hit gives an additional hit there's there's so many ways that they can be good as well even source warriors source warriors are still really good four up save you give them plus one save a block of 30 of them is gonna to be very resilient you can also give them the same uh, treatment as you give skinks they're just not as efficient at it so you, you know, you give them the six to wound as an additional mortal, you give them um, plus one to hit. Um, they're a lot more resilient, but yeah, it's, it's uh, even like, so pterodons are, this is, I love pterodons in second edition too. I used to run a six pack. The, the mortal wounds is amazing. Another unit in Seraphon that does a bunch of mortal wounds. Um, so they went up to 115, same as camos. And that was always my dilemma in, in two was, do I take uh, three pterodons? But no, I, why not? I would just take five Chameleon Skinks. They can just do more, you know, more utility Um, that even just talks about chameleons. Like in my last game playing with Thunder Lizards, I I was playing Jordan and I just had one unit of five chameleon skinks and they did more for me in that game than any of my dinos. because just having them up in the sky meant, you know, it's not even just the uh, mental uh, breakdown that you're giving to your opponent. Just whenever you know you can teleport or whenever you're in the back of your head that you know your opponent can Drop down from you you're playing a completely different game you're screening you're you know worrying about a lot of things so just having even those five chameleon skinks i just had waited and then moved up and they got me a point which got me the score one score two and then got me the score more so it, it got me two points that round so you know like that's a, a huge shout for them as well um
0: Could be yeah. a great way to score that battle tactic that allows you to have two models in enemy territory boom or so if you take down, yeah. yeah, or you take like Predator's Domain to, to kind of as your grand strategy, you know, you can just teleport onto terrain pieces and, you know, that could be one that you win as well. I um, quick that question, though,
1: you click on. I, I did that early i used to take that predator's domain when you asked me about like having like certain ones that you, that they're good at so i'll tend to take the one of keeping wizards alive or keeping monsters and thunder lizards but i used to take predator's domain like with jordan and it was just funny because after my first game of doing it i was like okay never doing that one again i don't want to the mental tax. Of- it's the yeah. mental tax of now trying to work out
0: like which pieces of terrain and then also then like getting into the end of the game and having like a disagreement it's like it's just not worth it yeah. um But before we move on, just really quickly, I want to ask something that you mentioned earlier about the Soros Warriors. We talked about coherency and we talked about the 32 mil base. Um, Do you think that's now an incentive to go the spears over the clubs just because of the two incher? Or do you think it's just not worth reinforcing or just like not even worry
1: yeah, I got a real good answer for this one. Uh, if you put the Serpent Staff on them, then you want to go with the Spears because it's going to be two-inch. They don't lose... Um, a lot of things when you get Spears lose other things, but they lose one point of rend. So yeah. when you're going for mortals anyways, then you maybe don't care about having the minus one rend. The Swords with minus one rend are, are great, but if you can get way more attacks in, two attacks per model, um, and especially if you're going to give them, say, sixes explode on hit or you're going to give them plus one to hit, then you're gonna and say you have hand of glory on them because one of the greatest spells in all of age of sigmar it's reroll ones to hit on any seraphon unit it's not skink so you give them that then there are threes rerolling ones cool. and then um fours with six is doing an additional mortal so in two inch i would you would go spears in that case all day but if you're running them in tens as most every unit in the game you're going to run the swords or the ones, you know, m- the same as clan rats, like small just, units, just you just know that swords yeah. and then just, big units, you run the spears. That's just well, know that you're obviously
0: you, the potential of getting all 10 of those source warriors into combat because of coherency is, is just slim to none.
1: Yeah. With, well with coherency too. Yeah. And I haven't played, did I play? Oh, no, we, I play, that's, played. That's what
0: I was thinking it. because because the 32 mil basis means that you're going to have to, you can't string out. Obviously, your 25s allows you to string, so you're not trading. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's a challenge when you start stacking up things like the powerful jaw attacks, which are only range one. Um, it yeah, just means that, you know, out of, out of 10, you're probably getting in six, seven if you're lucky.
1: Yeah, they're garbage, dude. No one, you're not, you don't care about the jaws with the source. Like you might get their fives and fours, so you might get lucky if you're, plus one to hit, you might put a couple through, but, uh, yeah.
0: I think when I was looking at some of the units, the troglodon really stood out for me. Um, I love the regeneration ability. I like the spitting attack. Um, I like some of the synergies that I was seeing. Um, the Bastillodon you mentioned earlier, the steggy was great. The engine of God is just the engine of the God is just so good. Awesome. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. It's killy in a coalesced. It's the only way you can really summon, um, yeah, there's been some really cool. Like, I'm I'm seeing some good things that hopefully we'll see the table again. Um, the Carnosaur, the Scarlet on Carnosaur, for me seemed like good value. Like, it's 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 from a points perspective, it's actually really good value. But I think, yeah. as we've talked as well, like the just the, the lack of rend or the rend one is just it, it, it's 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 more of a distraction than it is a real threat.
1: He Yes, he can still be amazing. like I That's why I still always try him. You can still make him awesome. So Source have actually a lot of good command traits. So you can actually give him the command trait to reroll once to hit. That's one of them, which is unbelievably good. And reroll once to save is one of the other ones. So either of those are really good on him. But then you have to make him your general. And then in that case, you pretty much want to give him the ammo to destiny. Because if not, he's going to go down like a bag of whatever. He's going to die very easily and slay the warlord like that's just the easiest thing for your opponent to get but you can still absolutely juice him up with plus one attacks from prime war beast and if you if you go uh, thunder lizards and instead of taking the reroll ones to hit if you have another way like an azeros or you give him hand of glory he can have the reroll ones to hit and you know give him plus two attack one attack from the constellation so plus one to all of his attacks he's got a five damage attack like he can slap like he can do some good damage and Vito's saying, "Yeah, plus two attacks with exploding sixes. That's on his war scroll. Um, that's that's actually just his mount weapon, though. But you can give him his own command ability that gives it to his mount. Um, so, yeah, Carnosaurs. Like I and I, there's no one more than me that wants to make the Carnosaurs uh, great again. But you know, give him give him a I- I think for me, though, like when I'm when I'm building up a particular character,
0: I'm building up more of my things like my skin priest on Steggy as opposed to the Carnosaur. I think that's probably my if I wasn't taking that, then, yeah, I'd, I would build around this, the, the Karno. But um, probably a good question from Drew that I don't probably have the answer just yet because I've got both of them in my list. And that is if I had to choose between the engine of the god. Um, over a skink chad which i imagine is the skink priest on steggy i do would you have uh, a preference because i've got both in my list so i'm i love them both as my my children
1: yeah so this is a good plug for uh one of the best seraphon guys if none of you have heard of him i know he's been on your channel caleb hastings is is the seraphon guru he's uh he talks about the skink Chad, which is hilarious. He puts a lot of good content. Um, I don't know but the, between the two. I would go the saggy uh, with skink chief. Um, if you're depends on what you're running. If you're running a full thunder lizards list and you got a bunch of sagadons, maybe the engine will be better because you know you can heal them up. Um, you if you have a Slan, you can always do the 3d6 for summoning. Um, but the amount of damage that that skink chief on sagadon. Can put out is absolutely bazonkers. So there's some tech in there as well. Again, just Caleb Hastings put out a whole a, one, I think, is his latest video about the skink chat on Sagadon. And you can get him plus three attacks to everything. So he can get the same two I just talked about with the carnosaur um And then he can, where does he get his third one from? Uh, oh, from his uh, own command ability. So his own command ability gives him plus one attacks to a skink unit in melee. So you can give him plus three attacks and and prime war beast actually gives him plus one attack to his mount so his crew actually counts as his mount so that actually gives Mm. him one more bow shot as well so he can shoot four shots threes and threes so if you give him best day ever and all attack he's four shots with his bow twos and twos minus one three damage and then you charge him in does three up does d3 mortals and then he, you know, you can do all sorts of buffs. Give him six to wound as an additional mortal. You give him plus one to hit from the Skink Priest, which is even better than doing all attack because it's for both shooting and both phases. You give him run and charge on a three up from the Skink Priest. You give, if he has the Cloak of Feathers on, he's plus four move, minus one to hit and flies. You just throw him down at whatever you want to kill. And he's going to have, so he'll have eight eight stomps uh, and then five, five, five for the horns, which do four damage. The, yeah, all, all twos and twos, and twos. It's massive. It's so, like, right that's off.
0: super, that's super Chad there. And I just want to yeah. quickly say that um, you watch Warhammer Weekly this weekend, this week, because uh, you're the second person I've had in a row that's called their finest hour, best day ever. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to send an invoice to to um to Vince every time. I have to clarify that. Just in case anyone starts looking in their battle time going, their finest day, where's his finest day? Yeah. It's their finest hour. Like that's the that's was... the heroic action. It's Vince. Vince did it this week on Warhammer Weekly, and you're the second person I've spoken to since that episode that's called it. I'm not trying to like actually use, just just for yeah. clarity for people I, who might think. I don't know what who, who this came up with it. It was like life.
1: a long time ago. Yeah, it was like months ago, I think, or over a month that I heard it. And I've set it up the channel. And now the new game I always play with Jordan is like, I'll just randomly say like, a different phrase for it and just call it like, oh, bloody Sunday and, and not laugh about it. Like, you just got to play it casually. Like, all right, yeah, I did. Oh, bloody Sunday on the Carnosaur. He went in and killed. You know, it's just, it's a, just so funny. But uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Is there any, Is there any? we've talked a lot about some of the good stuff in there, and I think there's mostly good stuff. Is there things that maybe you wouldn't take? And we're going to get to your list very, very, very soon for the people who are playing at home. Um, is there any things that maybe you'd leave on the shelf at the moment? And maybe my first question is my good old friends, the the Croxigore, is it time to bring them off the shelf onto the table, or are they still waiting for their time like the mighty Cygore?
1: Yeah, uh, I I couldn't even tell you. The Croxigor are clearly not the best units. They can still, you know, they can still do some damage. And the Moonhammer, I think it hits everything within three. So against Hordes, but you're not going to see much of that. Um, but they're the coolest models ever, you know, like they're, well, not them GW, but there's a lot of different um, yeah. Lost Kingdom and like other people that make some amazing looking. I've seen some that are like these giant turtles with like huge uh, hammers and axes. Um, so there may be one that you're not going to see too much. I know people have them from back in the day when they used to run the Thunder Thunderquake, um, whatever, Thunderquake Starhouse. I know uh, uh, Jeremy Cooper, he, he always would, would use them in that Thunder Thunderquake, but if you played it back then, then, you know, you might use them. But other than that, they're probably on the shelf. Um, they just lack
0: synergy. I think what, like from my days of Warhammer Fantasy Battles, they used to have synergized really well with Skinks. They don't have those keyword yeah. synergies, which is why I am not a fan of them. Oh, they're cool models, and I've played against them in a Thunder Lizard, um, and they did some real damage, but they just don't synergize. And I think we've already kind of called that the Dactyls are a little bit tougher right now. Or if you're going to take them, only take them in threes as opposed to the sixes. Otherwise, you're going to lose a whole bunch of attacks.
1: No, oh, you don't even take them. Those guys are more on the shelf than anything because when they first came out, people were abusing them because their command ability, you could use a command ability and stack a zillion attacks on them. But it was one of those things where Games Workshop just didn't realize that. So as soon as that happened, people bought, you know, like 9, 12, 15 And then, oh my God, like this rule that we knew was going to be gone. Like all of a sudden my riprodactyls suck. It's like, yeah, that's, you had probably a good idea that that was going to happen. Pterodons are, like I said, you don't see them that much, but they're still good. And that's with even like Razordons uh, reminds me of, we went to Grand Clash in Quebec and metas are always just different everywhere. So when, when I showed, we showed up from like Ontario, New Toronto um i you know was repping sally's i didn't use razor dons. we got there and there were like four or five lists that had like two three packs of razor dons. and i was like what is happening here like they're another kind of one of those mo- models that you don't really think about um because it's what 2d6 shots but it's from 18 inches so you can give them some buffs if they're within six you get uh, a rend if you charge the razor Dons in they can actually shoot as you charge them just d6 mm. shots but still at one rend and then they actually hit hard in combat as well. So they're like the salamanders. They're threes and threes, minus one, but oh no, minus two, and just flat two damage. So you know, even models like that, like in other armies, like in Seraphon, like yeah, I know, I don't want to, I don't want to on. but it's like other armies, like that's a good unit. Like if you put that in Beast of Chaos or Gitz, or you know, what I mean something like that, like they're like I right, give oh, me no. those Razordons, it like I'll take those. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of other units like that that are you know just there's stef- definitely viable and with the whole point of the Seraphon book and why it's so good is that it synergizes like amazing. I feel like I'm at like a, a sales pitch meeting where it's like synergy. That's what you want. Like that's the key word, but that's what the lizards do in this, the, the book is, is just everything just, you know, works so well.
0: Yeah. Like I'm looking at just your, um the unit selections right now and I'm looking through it and obviously I'm not, I'm looking at the battle time and not the updated points. So, you know, Uh, I won't go into like points per model, but like I'm looking at this and most of the things that are sitting there, I I think are competitively viable. Whether you went the Coalesced or the Starborn, I think each of of the model with a a couple of exceptions that we've kind of called out. The Soros Knight one's an interesting one because um, it's always talked about the potential of having, you know, 70 attacks for a unit of 10. One, coherency rules are now kind of kicked yeah. in with the Saurus Knights. But two, I've never actually seen anyone actually put the theory into practice and go in with those 70 attacks. I know people have talked about, you know, boost up jaws from both the Mount and the rider, but um but overall I think you know you you're in a good spot mostly, which kind of leads us to the list. But and um just quickly for Mike Mitch who who recently j- might have missed the, the conversation, I think the high level conversation is that croak is still good croak has changed croak you probably want to think about um how you play with croak because the way you used to play with old croak and new croak are different bailwind's gone um that still means you can use your athelisk bearer your star your skink priest um and all that good stuff that uh, if you just plug and play war scroll to war scroll it's not going to work the way that it used to is that kind of the high level summary pretty much
1: yeah he's still yeah a lot he changed a bit a, a lot of his skills are still very viable like just the plus two innately to cast and unbind is unbelievably good his uh another small change that people don't really uh well didn't really see right away is his command ability giving plus one save to against shooting and fly it's actually he gives it to d3 units instead of just one so I've used that in a couple of battle reports, just you know, really good. And Arcane Vassal, mm-hmm. like I think someone just said, there is just one of those ones that once you get reps in and you play a lot more, you start to remember those. That's one thing that I, when I first started playing, I, I never remember that I could cast from my Skink Star Priest or my, you know, my, uh, well, just the Star Priest, unless I was running the Star Seer, but it's just, you know, so good. And it's, it's, it gets to the point where it's like, it's not, if you make sure you tell your opponent that, like, I'm, a, I am able to cast from this. Little Skink Wizard. If I'm within twelve of him, and your opponent goes, okay, good to know. You know that'll be a moment where he's going to be closer to that Skink Priest. Try to stay outside of Croak, but he might be in there. But you know, yeah. if you're, you're a good player, you're going to be like, yeah, no, tell You'll him that. Think about it. it. Yeah, yeah. But
0: and to what Vito said as well, Croak is uh d- certainly more of a utility now as opposed to the damage dealer. So um, that's why we mentioned building around him the way you used to may not be the most viable way. So it's um, still good value.
1: CP. I was just gonna say, just we haven't even mentioned it, but yeah, the guy generates CP on three dice on a four plus. That's just insane. Like it's especially in this edition where CP is just integral to be doing a lot of things. Slan does it on two, but him with doing it on three is yeah, just so good.
0: Yeah, and it means you might not need to take second if you really want to go first, but you're avoiding, you know, you're worried about having the extra CP for X, Y, or Z. Um, and Tyler's already giving you some, buckets, sh- some yeah. shite about buckets, <laughs> uh, about Bellacore over Croak. I mean, you've had your show, Buckets. It's now yeah. the Seraphon show. Um, yeah, like it, it does give you the flexibility to be able to do things like, and, you know, the, the my favorite command ability in, in all space and time is redeploy. So you, you now have a tool to redeploy. You can still do things like unleash hell. You can still spend the CP because you're generating so much in a Seraphon list. But talking about lists, here's one of many examples. And you know we have some great lists out there that have already gone well in at, 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 at competitions. Um, but this is the list that you have been playing around with. and. I guess we just kind of put some of the theory into practice and understand how you're thinking about Seraphon. So this is the Thunder Lizard build. You've gone Beastmaster and the Triumph is inspired. You've got your Steggy on, so your Skink Chief on Steggy. It should be the other way around stick it yeah. on with skink chief the uh, skink chad. <laughs> yeah the skink chad uh, which is the general primal be a uh, war beast you've got amulet of destiny and the the bow i think that's a like I see a lot of discussion around do you take the bow or the other weapon and It's always the bow it's always yeah. the bow you yeah. don't take the flamethrower you take the bow you're the engine of the gods you've got um you've got a slant star master you've got a skink priest you've got the, another star master star, star priest you got thirty skinks, saurus guard, stegodon, uh, chameleon skinks, the Stiladon, and you've got two core battalions. Interesting. I actually haven't seen this in list discussion just yet. i um, having the command entourage along with battle regiment. So, um, talk to me about some of the logic here.
1: Yeah, just to start with the battalions, this is one of the most um, common ones that at least we usually play with. You're either going to be, if you're not running the battle regiment and you have only three heroes and you can't fit it into a one drop, uh, you can put a couple units outside and be a two or three drop, but you're going to see very commonly four drops. So that's where your battle regiment yeah. and then you want that extra artifact. So you can also take Warlord, which would give you, make you a five drop, and then you get a CP once per game, but this list generates CP pretty well. So it's better to have the four drop because you can, you know, often, well, not often, but, you know, I don't, maybe 50% of the time, you're going to be able to choose who goes first. uh, Yeah, I like it like a...
0: i I see a lot of like double battle regiment or you see um you see hunters i think that's probably the other part is that when you don't when you go when i I say i haven't seen this combination i know it exists but i think a lot of people maybe especially now while it's new everyone's going hunters or a lot of people
1: are going hunters so um, hunters would be great against against this list or these types of lists because yeah hunters is just an it is an amazing battalion yeah
0: so you've got yourself the the um, the battle regiment to reduce your drops quite significantly and then the the command entourage to get you the extra artifact um as well as obviously that's brought in the extra what three three drops to to fulfill that regiment the, yeah, the battle so, battalion
1: so yeah pretty much you're good take a magnificent because you need that amulet of destiny so like i said on that stagadon skin chief the problem with stagonons before they gw decided to bring out uh Universal item that gives everything a five plus ward, which is insane. That every single list has. <laughs> um, he they die, they, they're 10 wounds, they get plus two because they're in Thunder Lizards. If you have no mortal protection, imagine playing against Seraphon or against Bow Snakes or against Lumineth or against you know anything that can do mortal wounds. Like those stagonons are, are going down.
0: And so, we and we had to do that as an as your opponent, we had to to in order to handle your one plus armor save, Bastilladon. Like that was uh, the lesson yep. you taught us because we kept throwing attacks at you and at Ren at, at the plus one armor save. You're just like, lol. So yep. you know we went down the mortal route, but then unfortunately the Steggies and everyone else cop cop the damage um, along with the bastilidon
1: Yeah, exactly, and 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 it's honestly it's not absolutely needed, especially in this edition, because it's it is well I shouldn't say especially in this edition because there's still a lot of damage. There is still a lot of mortals. Um, but the skin chief on Stagodon, yeah, is just like I was saying, is just such a good piece. Um, and then the biggest thing about this entire army is, is especially in the meta now, is minus one damage is just bazonker's good. Um, you know, against Archeon, Nagash, like any of the, these big units, it it just pretty much shuts down some armies, not completely, but like if you look at giants or ogres or uh, orcs or you know, I mean, tons of these armies that you're you're gonna see at tournaments minus one damage to them is just is so a kick in the balls like it, it's crazy how good it is um but yeah so i guess just going through the next part so yeah the engine the gods we didn't really talk much about him so he's one of the ones that in the new faq finally they actually gave him the priest um keyword so he is a priest and i know that was everyone, big that yeah. was big everyone talks about curse. Like it's like the greatest thing of all time. Like uh curse is just such a, a you know, trap. Like I think we chatted about it before, but it's like. Yeah I, w- yeah, I was gonna say that, you know you and I were talking about this
0: because um I I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show and I won't talk too much about it, that mm-hmm. my Daughters of Cain, um, I've been going down the Witch Elf build. I'm trying not to play snakes because I've, I've got a list and I've got a theme, like a model range in mind. So I'm okay. trying to avoid both snakes. And one of the challenges that I'm having in the meta right now, having a lot of two-up and three-up armor saves with Ward, is that even when I got went up against Gotrek and I I charged in double-bladed Witch Elves, they were having, like, three attacks, two damage a piece, you know, a high volume of Witch Elves that were rerolling to hit because um, of a Hagner. I still couldn't kill Gotrek in a single turn. <laughs> Throwing all that stuff at Blood Knights just didn't kill the unit. Yep. So... For me, one of the things that I was thinking about, outside of going into to, to bow snakes, was curse, and the challenge that I'm having, and and you know, you can tell me where you are at with curse right now, is that you've got to be within nine of the enemy, not the not the unit that you want to you know want you want to go in and charge, but the actual thing you want to curse. Things like teleporting means I've got to be outside of nine. So in my army, I can't mirror dance. You can't do any teleporting to get within range in the hero phase. Yep. um and it feels like i'm playing for the double turn and as a viable strategy to charge in a go trek a blood knights vampire lord on zombie dragon archaeon whatever i don't think that's a viable strategy to pull off curse now 100%. you called it a trap talk to me where you're at with curse
1: yeah it's shit that's what i that's where i'm at <laughs> no <it's>, uh... <laughs> i had a big long speech and you're just like yeah shit it's shit, mate. It's, uh no people you know when it first came out it was the all the big hotness but uh, the only time it's it, it's not shit it can be very good especially on, well only on a few units so chaos war shrine um engine of the gods this is actually a good piece because now your engine of the gods is going to probably be up near you know the front of the line so it's almost like a bit of a deterrent so Archeon or you know these big models that want to charge into your lines now they, if they charge into you and they don't kill that engine of the gods, 50% of the time they're gonna get cursed next turn by this engine of the gods. And you know what? Thirty skinks do really well. Shoot a zillion shots at that character and already have sixes to wound to an additional mortal. So if they get sixes to hit to an additional mortal, it's just crazy how much damage it can do. But again, I people talked about it so much at the beginning of how great it was. I still yeah. I don't think it's good at all. Like anytime anything's on a four up. You know, it's something the best way to put it for this list and for using it is it's a nice thing to have on a unit that is already good and already heals your big monsters already does um, D3 mortal wounds to three units within or every unit within 12 already can summon you 10 source warriors Um, already can on three sixes make you have double your attack characteristics and reroll charges which spoiler alert Jordan and I played a fun game uh, earlier this week and it's the first time I've ever rolled the three sixes which listen to this coach this is fuck so it used to be when you roll three sixes on the engine the gods you just got another turn it
0: used to be so so actually so i played in a tournament and by the way i just i I mean quickly why i want to call out i don't even know why Ridge. i've even got you on the channel because i could have summarized this whole tactic with re-rolling once jack who just said why don't you shoot your go (laughs) track with 50 sentinels why -hmm. did we just talk hour jack has just dropped the bomb um but it, i actually played at a tournament uh it was like 2016 even 17 right and the table behind me i uh, was a, a gentleman by chris chris tot um and he triple turned his opponent by doing that yeah, so I'm he gonna, he went, he went yeah. bottom of the turn got the free turn and then one priority and went again. And it was like, I'm I'm literally right behind him watching this unfold. And it was the weirdest stuff. And then Chris Todd again in like the Masters like a year later, like stacked, stacked a whole bunch of CPs on the Carnosaur and did 72 damage from one attack. It was just, there was some weird stuff that used to happen that um, I'm glad has been reined in a little bit. A triple, just, people think like, you know, Sentinels are a feel bad. Imagine being triple turned.
1: Yeah, just go to the go to the bar at that point. I would not even sit at the table. It's unbelievable. Yeah, man. And the old the old book that Darcy used to do, you used to be able to have uh, dice and what you used to roll them, and then you'd have them in your hand, and then you could replace a die with with them back in the day. It was yeah, man. Some of the old rules were cool, but just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, anyways, moving on. So yeah, th- so the engine yeah is awesome. So curse is on there yeah, again. Engine like, is great. Yeah, like I said, and it's it's more of just kind of there if it comes up, then you're you never build a list for curse ever. If you do, then you're you're doing it. No, right. I've I've been I've been toying with it. I'm not
0: building around curse. I'm trying it because I'm just one way. I'm trying to handle the the high armor saves, and I think yeah. I've come to. I'm, I'm going to try it on a chariot. Um, and I think the engine of the gods, as opposed to like putting it on like a foot foot troop, isn't the right strategy. I think with a chariot or a, like a, a buff piece, it might work um autumn what is it wasn't uh, an 18 do or th- uh, th- uh, um, for the rest of the turn you can reroll charge rolls for all seraphon within double. 24 and then double the attacks
1: double attack characteristics so that's what yeah that's what i did the other day um so you know your stagodons all double attacks but then when you add to ta- add attacks it's after so even your skinks though they all have one attack so it would be double two and then plus one if you have 15 blah blah so it's still really, really good now, but you know it's what one in two hundred and sixteen is the chance. So it's... yeah, like
0: banking on an eighteen on a th- uh, on a, on three
1: dice is um, yeah. For your yeah, for your yeah. doc situation though, I think I got it figured out for you. It's uh, it's called uh, the bow snakes <laughs>
0: and the and the sentinels, right? Like let's, let's hope that she, that she that she allies with the Luminef as opposed to like you know a spite against Sigma. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so you got on, curse, curse, yeah, curse is good, but it's it, I think it's it's quite hard right now. Unless I can yeah. find a way to increase the range of a prayer, which currently doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the next piece is the best piece in all of Seraphon, and that is the Skink Priest. He is the greatest model in AOS two, in AOS three, in AOS whatever you want, because he is eighty points, and the amount of utility this little guy does is crazy. So he's only got four wounds, so you do have to watch out for things sniping him or range mortals, range, well, range anything, Um, but his command ability gives you plus one to hit, which in this edition is his Herald of the Old Ones for a CP gives plus one to hit until your next hero phase is stonks to the moon. It's the best on everything. So so many good interactions. In this list with the Bastillodon. it's unbelievable because if you do all attack with the Bastillodon, you then can't use Trove of the old ones to make it shoot again because it's already used a CP in that phase. So, and I was I was I was going to
0: pause you there because I just want to make that just for anyone who doesn't connect the dots. One of the changes in third edition is that a, a, a unit can only issue or receive one command per phase. So yeah. and and one of the challenges that I've been having in some of my lists is the command ability all might get issued in the hero phase or in the combat phase. So. Yeah. What this allows you to do, the Herald of the Old One, because you're issuing it in the hero phase, it still means you could use all that attack, all that defense in the combat phase or another combat phase command ability.
1: Yes. And with the Bastilladon, you can use Trove of the Old Ones and make it shoot again with plus one to hit. So that's the with, with the Bastillon, but other things as well. Like you said, yeah, things especially that shoot and then charge. So you have one of the best things of that, which is the Stagodon on with skink chief. You give him same thing, plus one to hit he gets it for his bows, and then he gets it in combat. And then say you've you've taken six or seven wounds, you can use Feral Roar, one of the new Gura abilities that lets you fight at top profile. So just, like, I can't explain how amazing a plus one to hit till next hero phase command ability is.
0: And that also helps you with Unleash Hell, because if you were to Unleash Hell, you can't get a plus one to hit there at all. But by getting a plus one to hit in the hero phase means that it carries over to the Unleash Hell, um yeah so that's another great way to reduce that minus one to hit plus one to hit um and a bit of a deterrent for your opponent
1: yes another amazing example you got it and and you know what another great thing that they can do in that situation it's called one of the best spells i mentioned in the game earlier hand of glory so you yeah. give this hand of glory to real ones to hit until next hero phase plus one to hit until next hero phase you're getting unleash hell you're exactly you're already plus one to hit and you're rerolling ones and unleash hell you're doing that in all phases like it's those two things are just so so good and that's one of the reasons why i run the star priest or some type of skink wizard in this list or in these lists because he if you're not running 30 skinks you don't need the star priest so it's pretty much like Marathi and the bow snakes uh Marathi and the bow snakes best band of 2021 Star Priest and the Skinks are like the, you keep those together because the sixes to wound doing additional mortal is so good on the Skinks. Um, so if you take out the Skinks from the list and you say you put in Salamanders, then you're going to take out the Star Priest. So you need some Skink Wizard to be able to have Hand of Glory. It's literally that good of a spell that you you use the Star Seer or you just bring the Star Priest in for the spell and then you find something else to give that uh, Serpent Staff to. Um, yeah, and 100%. Elijah's
0: also mentioned in the comments too as well. You know, two you could do that on um, salamanders too because sallies have the the skink keyword, right? So um, it allows you to unleash hell with your Sally's um, without the penalty because yeah, that's awesome. That's um, and as, as an opponent, that's a real deterrent, right? Because um, if I'm if I'm going to charge you, and I, and that was even one of my challenges when I was playing against those hundred and forty odd skinks, you know, in second edition. If I charge my gargan and you've been chipping wounds at it already, and they charge into a block of forty, um, uh, like I'm, I'm gonna, co- I'm gonna cop it, or I'm gonna buff up my gargan, and you're just gonna retreat. So, yeah. um, and, and in this game now we've also got the redeploy, so um, that makes things a whole lot
1: harder. Was that in a tournament or was it just like a pickup game a when you played? All the... it was yeah, like was a it was it was it queer next? Well,
0: it was a gentleman called Chris um, Wilcox. So he's an old oh, fantasy okay. player, literally four blocks of 40 skinks, then had a couple of heroes, slan, I think two, two or three units of, of – it was just like, it was a nightmare because my Gargans are just like slow and not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, like, I charge in, I get shot off. It's just like couldn't win. And it was like – it was scorched earth as well. So, like, I've got, I've got four objectives to defend with four <laughs> models, or like six models on the table. but Yeah,
1: um, I just I just asked because I know I've played a guy named Quirinx who was a, a very avid Seraphon player and we chatted a ton and he read a lot of the Skink so I thought maybe it was him, but yeah. No,
0: it was not, was not. But no. it's bad uh, to hear that you've got two. But you you got, you know, you got all your little heroes, you've got the Star Master, the Priest. The Priest is a great little um, model and the Star oh, yeah. Priest as well is um, really good
1: support heroes. Yeah, like I said, for Hand of Glory. So then, yeah, moving on. Um, this is kind of the pick where, with this list and with a lot of my Thunder Lizard lists, it's, I, am I going to bring 30 Skinks or am I not? That's kind of the question. Most people are bringing, you know, at least two Stagadons. I know you as well probably are running two Stagadons as battle line, um, and then maybe a couple Salamanders instead of the 30 Skinks and the Star Priest, which that's amazing list as well. That's something that I, I've, I've ran and I've tried. Um, I, again, just love the Skinks for multiple reasons. So uh, dealing with characters like Gotrek, or you know when you need to do death by a thousand cuts um they're great at that they're 30 wounds with minus one damage so things that do a lot of two attack like two damage three damage um you know having 30 wounds if you i lose like seven or eight or nine whatever it's it's not the end of the day because yeah minus one damage is so um, amazing but one shout out i guess is the moonstone clubs so all of aos two not not everyone but many many people ran the shields so that was there was more of a reason to run the shields because they gave you plus one to your save now because you can't get any more than plus one as we've mentioned you can only ever get to a five up so you can negate some of the rend by using one of the billion ways to get plus one save in this book whether it be the skink priest um, ability the uh, star seer spell uh, mystic shield uh, all at defense you know what i mean there's countless ways to get plus one save. Yeah. You, you're not able to get more than that. So that's in this edition, even more so the Moonstone Clubs are amazing in combat. And I used to run them in AOS 2 as well. Not a lot of people did, which and I never understood it because in combat, they go from fives and fives to fours and fours. So you give them the Herald of the old ones plus one to hit. So you're pretty much always going to be fours and fives in shooting and then threes and fours in combat with sixes doing additional mortal and as well going to hopefully going to have hand of glory so in combat there are threes rolling ones fours with six is doing an additional mortal on 60 attack or however many attacks you can get in if, and i was going to say because you
0: get the plus one attack as well because you're above 15 and you've got so if, many bodies and and if you're worried about it you can always um was it rally you can always rally and try to get back a whole bunch of skinks if you are suffering significant damage
1: if, if you're outside of three, yeah. If you're not near enemies, then oh, yeah, you, def- yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. definitely can. But even even more so, I was going to say, too, and that's one of the other reasons why you have the Stagadon with Skink Chief, is he gets plus one to attacks to melee to a Skink unit. So if that Skink unit is charged in, he's going to do even more damage. Well, I don't know. They both do an insane amount of damage, but giving plus one attacks to a unit that has, say, 22 Skinks in combat that are actually all hitting, that's 66 attacks instead of 44 so it's you know just being able to add that as well and it's 24 inch so it's like Mm -hmm. the range on the Stagodon's command ability is is crazy big too so multiple reasons why i i love skinks i'm i'm a star boy at heart you know I i love playing uh thunder lizards and i have been playing them quite a bit lately and i'm still on the fence of bringing them to um some of the big tournaments uh, I don't know, I just love all of it so much. But yeah, the skinks are, are just great. They're still just so good.
0: One change we didn't talk about early on in the video that might be worth calling out now while you have a sip of your drink is the board obviously changed as well. The board has shrunk significantly. And one thing that I've learned um, very quickly in third ed is that the aura buffs now are way more generous. Like you look at how an 18 inch kind of buff around a model really impacts the board. And, you know, when you look at 24-inch circumference around, you know, that engine of the gods or whatever it might be, that is incredibly generous. You can cover a fair amount of the board so you don't have to worry about bubble wrapping and keeping within these, these small pockets. You really don't have to stretch out as much as you used to. There's way less objectives you need to go for. Claiming all of the objectives isn't nearly as important as it used to be, which means that, you know,
1: getting off within these buffs um can be a lot easier than it used to be so yep a hundred percent and those 24 inch you're absolutely right if that staggy's anywhere near the middle of the board it's like the old vermin lord warps here baby you're no rat is running ever again in his life 26 inch you know from his giant base it's yeah i hate to bring up skaven again but yeah those big aura buffs are yeah unbelievable um yeah so I, I don't know if you wanted me to go on just with the rest of it so no
0: yeah no, that's great no that's great because i think i know some people were talking about the shields and um and you know just the way you you're loading out the skinks and yeah
1: yeah it's still so it's still then the shields are still viable so you're not always going to have mystic shield and, and all these other buffs as well so you know you can still use them if you're going to use them just for shooting but i i'm putting those skinks in combat especially like we just <laughs> said with the plus one attacks from everything like they're They can do a lot of work. Now, one thing to shout quickly is they don't have rend. So if you're playing against Blood Knights or Archeon or the new Stormcast, which is the last game Jordan and I just played uh, just for like a a casual game, you don't want them to go into two-up save. The mortals are going to be good. You know, you're going to do, say, six, seven, eight mortals if you have enough of them in. So that's still amazing. But it's like the old Mortec Guard situation. You don't want to put low rend into them because two-up save or a four-up rerolling save you're not doing a ton of damage so you want to like with the um stegadon or the um carnosaur you want to find those other units so if you're playing Archeon, kill everything else that doesn't have a two-up save you know what i mean you're you're gonna you want you really need to strategically pick what you're going to go into combat with and what you're going to attack you know maybe hit the vindictors that are a three-up instead of the new two-up crazy giant dudes with the shields but. I will make
0: one argument for the shields and it's it's not a pro versus, you know, con, but it's one consideration. And I see that you don't have um, hunters of the heartland, which yep. means that a monster can certainly roar on you and stop you from receiving a command in the combat phase. So if you are facing rend and you aren't able to apply all that defense, your skinks might fall to a stiff breeze. So by having shields, and if this is important to you, this might be consideration. I think you're building towards offensive power, which is smart. I'm finding the same thing with my Witch Elves. They've got like a six-up save. If I have a shield, they're on a five. There's already plus ones in my army. I can only ever get a a maximum of of plus one. How Mm -hmm. much am I worried about that? And, uh, you know, what's the return on my investment? And I think I'm finding, at least in my sisters, double blades are nearly better than the blade and shield because i'm just getting more value
1: you're it's the exact same so six up save yeah. base and then you go to a five up and another argument like i was saying before is that the your sisters don't have minus one damage so if you're getting it by like arc out or anything with two damage or three damage that minus one damage even on a six up is is because really a six up i don't care they're dying they're they're going to die anyways so even if it has if most things if have ren two or even ren one i'm not having it i'm not going to save anyways so i'm just relying on the amount of wounds that are there. And hopefully that minus one damage is going to, well, it will reduce however many that go through. But you know, they, they also, you do need to be careful though, even with Tarkothians and Fangs, good players will, will shoot them and good players will know that they have a six up save. So they're going to from range or they're going to target that unit because they know that that's one that is a glass cannon unit that can do a lot of damage. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, like it's, you either take it for the offensive piece or you, t- I wouldn't even take them at all, and I would take salamanders or another sagodon, and and go the other route with your list.
0: Yeah, I think still having bodies. Like if you play a suns army, for example, um, not having that thirty unit of skinks means that you won't be able to score any objectives. Like if you play suns with this, like that that thirty block is keeping you from from scoring. Yeah. Like otherwise, like if I'm a suns player, I've just got to stand on some objectives, and good luck reclaiming them off me
1: no way is that what they do <laughs> <laughs> you
0: we know what I mean like at least with the 30 you can body block me and you can deny me from getting around an objective
1: yep and i think now with redeploy and, and all the different shenanigans it's so this aos 3 is so fun it's so amazing to yeah. it's not like we were saying before it's not as bad where you can just keep like a couple models and then keep <sighs> rk on from taking the point because you have two skinks like sitting there um you know it's it's still very much a tactical game and very much the person who positions well and knows what's happening and is able to take the objective is is probably going to be the one that wins
0: You've got more you've got more opportunity to respond as well. You know you've got ways to bring back models through. We talked earlier about about um, uh, rally, you know being able to be interactive with your opponent, and I think that's probably where having tools in your toolkit, you know having the speed in your army with things like skinks allows you to do some really cool redeploys. Um right. having really high leadership allows you to ignore the the fact that you can only do one inspiring presence, but as well as doing you know heroic action healing as well. Um, you know, there's way more tools having a lot of priests allows you to really, um, reduce the amount of endless spells on the table or maximize your own. Like there's so many ways to be interactive. I'm finding I'm not nearly sitting idle playing with my phone, um, that I might've played in third edition where, you know, my opponent might've even double turbed me. So it could be 45 minutes before I actually get to do something that I want to other than an arm save
1: yeah a hundred percent agree so much better it's it's i can't yeah it's so the game is so fun um and it's just saying with the the bravery thing and that's yeah like i said i play a lot of like starborn so 10 bravery is just so good right now you know even just like techless or just other things that just if you have low bravery you're screwed or you fight feck and they do way more mortals to you um in this situation because Salamanders have five bravery, which a lot of people don't know. So it's something that you never want to tell your opponent when you have a one salamander with three little skin candlers. If you kill two of those skin candlers or three of the skin candlers, that salamander is running away on a three plus 120 point unit. So that's one of the reasons you can't run. And one of the reasons that I run the um, five chameleon skinks instead of one salamander is for that reason alone, because I can only use inspiring presence on one unit. So Mm -hmm. if, if I lose say whatever 10 skinks and they have five bravery and i lose two of the handlers from the salamander if i'm playing a smart player that knows that i can only inspiring presence one and then that that salamander could possibly be gone you know and and another show too just when you said rally that makes me think of just a funny interaction i had the other day um i've done it twice now is i've had a two pack of salamanders down to uh, one salamander. So I lost the six handlers and the salamander. So I got seven dice on the rally and I rolled a six. So I brought back a full salamander instead of the, cause you get dice for the stink handlers as well. So it feels so good when you can bring back a a salamander and then those two go off and, you know, merc something, it's a cool interaction.
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah, and it just shows you like what you can do just like tactically. And um, it does give you a lot of utility. You got the Saurus Warriors in your list. I imagine to be supporting your um your Slab, your Starbuster. Yep, yeah. the guard, the guard, Yeah, yeah the guards
1: are yeah. They're there just to pass off wounds for the and, and also this this one of the um downsides to this list, and I've played it a bunch now and, and kind of seen not a full downside because you can usually deploy well with the Realm Shaper engine is you need units to somewhat screen some things so you want to screen your skinks because you don't want them to be getting into some of the bigger dinos you using them to zone and and where else you're going to put them they're giant triceratops so um the, the five guard for me i've been finding have actually been more of a like a screen but also behind near the temple and also staying within three of the sword or the slam just in case you know, something shoots him, or it's all—it's all dependent. You know, that's where your generalship comes into play. Like, if you're playing Marathi and the bow Snakes, uh, or you're playing—you know—depending or a full combat army, you're going to play a completely different deployment and, and put your pieces in different places. So the Source Guard are pretty much there for that, and they also fill the third battle line. So it was like either you could use, say, you know, um, Source Knights, you know, but then if you're you really want to keep your slam, you don't have an ablative 10 wounds for them so that's kind of their their role bit of screen and also just more wounds and then this you got to have at least one more stagadon so that's the third battle line and the stagadons by themselves are are different for people that are playing them they're not heroes obviously so you need to be weary of where they are so you want to keep them wholly within 12 of your engine or or other things just so that if you need to use all attack or all defense or anything like that that you're you're able to still do that. Like the other day I I shot one down the side and and that was about fourteen inches away. So I wasn't able to use command abilities on it. And it's it's something small, but you don't think about it because it's like a dinosaur. You're like, oh yeah, that'll it'll be fine over there. But you still need to somewhat babysit them with heroes because you can't use command abilities obviously on them. So
0: quick question and quick thought. I'll go with the thought first. Yep. Would you consider putting, say, the Stegodon and the Bastillodon into the Alpha Beast Pack, which is obviously one of the two Ger Battle Packs right now? It, 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 the Battalion, so it's not going to last forever, but that rewards you. Would, would you would you consider doing that?
1: Yeah, is that the one that gives you D six or the D six
0: D6 in, move? D6. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So is it six inch or D six? Whatever it is, like it's a free pregame
1: move. Um, I think it's it. it, it, it I could see that with the Basilidon possibly, but again, with the Skink Priest, you can. It's it's on a three plus, so getting run, shoot, run, charge. You know, if if you're going to give that to Basilidon, maybe maybe not, because yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely a utility that you can use, but your Basilidon shoots twenty four inches. Both of your dinosaurs shoot twenty four inches. They both move well. The Basilidon moves five, and the uh, Steggy moves eight. So that's 32-inch threat range on the Staggy. So you're probably fine there. And then 29 on the Bacillodon. So I don't know. In my head, I'm like, I would rather be four drop and then risk being able to give away the turn. It could be in, in some lists you might because, you know, people can ask you how far your your threat range is and then, you know, deploy there. But yeah, I don't know. It could, it could definitely work in, in some scenarios.
0: I think the other consideration, I, it was more of a trick question. I just wanted to get your thoughts. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I think the other consideration is that um, there's a lot of battle tactics that don't mean that you need to get into combat first turn. And I'm finding with some of the armies that I'm playing that, you know, charging you turn one is not the most appropriate way. Um, I'm holding off till turn two, turn three to to do the thing. Yep. Um, so like i like uh, that pre-game move i don't quite need it unless i'm trying to screen but then i don't want to screen with dinosaurs so yeah um i don't know like for me i think you you've gone down the right route with the battle battle regiment or warlord and you know get the extra artifact or, or hunters so but yeah obviously Hun- season to taste
1: yeah exactly and like i said hunters is is awesome and, and i it's, it feels so good when you have hunters and someone charges the Archeon in or something and it's like, okay, I'm going to roar that. And it's like, ah, actually, no, you're not gonna, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And And then the other, and then the other
0: question was going to be around, you know, where do you find is a good place to put that realm shaper engine other than three inches from the objective? Like, do you have a a plan or thoughts or a strategy that you, you keep in mind? Obviously every table is different. Every opponent's different, but what are those considerations for someone who's looking to learn from you?
1: Yeah, uh, we didn't talk about it, but yeah, this is one of my favorite changes because like I said, in that Grand class, like 100-person tournament, going there, wanting to do well, have a really strong list, ready to go. Game one, my opponent rolls a six. I don't get my Realm Shaper engine. I get warp lightning vortex and sh- shot up from Zilfin. You know what I mean? Like That whole scenario wouldn't have happened had I just had my Realm Shaper engine. So that change alone, I don't even care if it does nothing. If I can just have that in my deployment, because it's garrisonable, you're not able to land on it, is so, so good. So, you know, putting croak or putting your slam beside it, that means that nothing can land, charge it and land on that side. So it's just like another wall of like nothing can go there. But the realm shaper is, is also just so good. Like it's, it does mortal wounds to everything within three inches of a piece of terrain, which you pick from the realm shaper. If you have a skink wizard or priest inside of it. So if it's within 18 inches of your realm shaper, the terrain piece, then it's on a two plus. If it's within eight or from 18 to 36 inches, it's on a four plus, and then it's never going to be outside of 36 inches on these, the small boards. So, you know, you're generally going to be doing it the middle one. So four plus everything within three inches is taking D3 mortal wounds, which don't forget that kids. If I can tell you anything, that's a, that's one that has got a few wounds on things that you pair with Comet and you pair with chameleons or you, you know, do those types of things. It you'll, you'll be happy when you, you get three mortal wounds onto something.
0: Because I know a lot of um Seraphon players in 2e were very similar to OBR players where they would because you didn't know where the where, which side of the board you were going to be on, because you put the terrain piece in the, you know, you most people put it in the middle because they're like, Look, I don't want you to gain it. Um, I really want it, but to play neutrally, I'll either put it to the side or I'll put it in the center. Um, I know that was kind of how people were thinking, but obviously that some of that's now changed.
1: So um well, they be a bit more aggressive. The good players were not we're doing something different than that so in in aos2 what you would do is you would find out you would roll all your arcane where all the terrain was and then you would pick the side that you didn't want to take so you would it was a lot of the time it was replace a piece of terrain so if you saw a piece of arcane like or, or commanding or something that you wanted you would replace the other side with your realm shaper so that when if you didn't get to pick the, your opponent would have to pick between taking the arcane or taking your realm shaper and nine times out of ten they're taking the realm shaper and then you have another plus one to cast that's
0: i like it i like that yeah that's good. Yeah. That's, that's some secret list tech um <laughs> i like that and i know brendan was asking about allies and while the the, the knight of Zeros is a great reroll engine I wouldn't get too excited because we do obviously have a Stormcast Battle Tome coming very soon. We don't know when, but um, I am—I've been saying to a lot of people, like, just hold off with the Knight of Zeros. So I feel like if you don't already own one, I wouldn't buy it just yet. It's like it's asking for a War Scroll change, and maybe it'll be a plus one because they—they seem to be getting away a lot of re rolls. Like they're clearing them out of the game. So, yeah,
1: um, I have the own one. Also, awesome play it. I have my friend Oliver's Knight of Zeros, like from our Season War team. And Oliver, I don't know if you're going to get the Zeros back, but um, if the War Scroll changes, I'll, I'll definitely give him back. But <laughs> I'm really, really hoping, like a lot of my lists, especially thinking about these Stagadons, like and Bastiladon, that many Stagadons shooting at, with threes to hit, like reroll ones is just unbelievably good. So yeah. the Knight of Zeros is, is one piece that... If anyone watches Season of Warrior, like I've, I've been a couple of my latest battle reports, I've been using them and I cleared out 20 sisters slaughter in uh, the other uh, game with just the Stagodon's melee attacks and not like a crazy amount, but still threes and threes is so swingy. Even, even twos and threes, super swingy. You get reroll once to hit in this edition. It's so, so good. But like you said, I have a strong feeling that he's going to lose his ability likely, I'm guessing it's going to be like a plus one, but
0: um, it is a good ally choice. And let, if, if it stays as a reroll, awesome. Great ally choice for anyone, not just of Seraphon, but anyone who can ally Stormcast in. Um, is there any other options? I know you talked about the Frosty Bird. The Frost Phoenix could yeah. be possibly a good ally. Um, any other considerations that you've played around with or thoughts?
1: Yeah, there's been a bunch. I Immediately when the new book came out, because we used to be able to ally Sylvaneth, um, as soon as that came out i immediately started looking at cities of sigmar units and um stormcast because those are obviously where you're going to be getting them the Frostheart phoenix was always i always just wanted to convert one and put a bunch of cool like aztec parts on the phoenix and then the Troglodon skink chief that is on the top fits like absolutely perfect so i'm actually that he's on my painting table right now like i'm i'm, I'm doing up the phoenix um Early testing, I've played you know four or five games with him, and he it do, it does what you think it does. The prop you know, the four up board save is just unbelievable. Obviously, that's that's what you're taking the Phoenix for. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to say anything with that, but I was going to laugh yeah. because um
0: I was going to mention this is exactly what I was going to mention because I've been playing around with it. Doralina, the um the 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 daughter and and father. Uh, oh. Witch hunting combo, that yep. little crossbow, being able to snipe out wizards, especially wizards or endless spells um, at range when it doesn't move. I think at 115 points, I think it is, uh, it is an incredible ally choice. Uh, I wouldn't yep. take dad, but uh, daughter is definitely a, a cracking ally and not a lot of points investment.
1: Carl, yeah, Carl has that from the channel, like from Season of War, like on our... And people should be watching Season of War, by the way. Like, go check them out. They not only do
0: some of the most competitive um, battle reports for Sigma, but also um, you guys are just great and you have a lot of wonderful list variety. So go check them out. Um, Definitely recommend that.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. We we really, really try to concentrate on um strategy and, and we're and going through our turns and, t- and saying kind of what we're doing. But as well, we're also very, very competitive players. So in li- we all live near Toronto here. We're all over the tournament scene. Like we're we're going down to Du Bois, we were sp- we're possibly going to Texas, we're going to LVO, like love tournaments and that's what we just really want to, you know, play competitively. So um yeah, if you haven't heard of season of war, definitely, yeah, check it out. Um, And Little Marathi
0: is saying that you've got a great narrator, the best narrator. So
1: um, That is is Jordan's wife, uh, Cass, and you are absolutely right. She is unbelievably good. So I think she did some voice um, acting or some type of uh, voice work before. And uh, Little Marathi, if you didn't know, she actually does the backup vocals for some of the background music. So, like, some of the, like, the Elven-y, like, music you get in the back, that's actually Cass. She's a really good singer as well, so she's super talented, yeah.
0: Okay, all right, I've just learned something. All right, all right, Marcella.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, and if
0: you want to learn about Daughters, okay, Marcella just did an awesome show with me, like, only recently, but this is not the Daughters show. Despite me talking, like, multiple times about my reference points of Daughters, uh, this is the Seraphon show, but there's a couple of really good allies. I think the challenge yeah. that I'm finding with allies in in, in third edition at the moment is that there are points went up. So um I'm not nearly getting as many things into my list that I would have in second edition. And to then sacrifice something to bring in an ally it really needs to to supercharge my army. And most of the time it doesn't because those generic order destruction kind of abilities are being removed. Uh but then two, they've got to really fill that that niche and that requirement for my force. So um i'm struggling and i know i've been playing with a frost heart phoenix in my daughter's army because it's self-contained but outside yeah. of that you know maybe a hurricane for the lumen a hurricane for the mortal wounds but you know are you better off putting those 300 points into something that is native in your force and i don't think you have a problem with mortal wounds for example yeah just like t- thinking about what the gap is
1: yeah, the Hurricane is great, but it's for cities. Like, you're not getting the the buffs from it. Um, the Phoenix, I guess I'd be kind of half-assed. Um, the Phoenix, it works great. It's an amazing pinning piece. You know what I mean? It moves 16. It, it has eight attacks at two damage. You know, in cities, it's awesome because you can give it flaming weapon. Um, but in even in Seraphon, it's just very survivable. You're going to be casting spells, so you're going to be having it at that plus one save. Yeah. Um, you're obviously heroic actions the the slant has a spell to give heal d3 uh, on a 10 plus or or heal one wound um you're, yeah so there's a lot of ways to heal him up as well but some of the other frost or been, fire uh i go frost but the fire just because of the movement thing so if it was still you know you can't run or retreat or do any of those things and, and do the the mortal wound so it's only that normal move So i've seen like simon, simon hall obviously is the the guru of cities and i've watched i always watch i love his bat reps they're super quick and, and awesome but he you know he he talks about a lot of different tech and you know in tempest Eye if you get plus three move you know yeah. or there's there's other ways to 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 do it in cities but you can't you can't do it really in seraphon but he still no, he still he fills a, a void that we don't really have which is a big monster that is survivable he just all the time isn't able to Get broken ranks or make sure he finishes something off you know he can for sure at, at some time but um we still do have other staggies and, and things but everything's minus one rend so it's like i don't know it's all questionable but allies i wanted to say one other one like uh i bought a battle mage actually because i guess you don't really need more of uh the plus two run in charge like wild form is a great spell so i bought it right away just because when i saw the allies i'm like oh wild form i used to look oh, okay, like that spells awesome um, but now it's like, you have the stars here for three d six charge and do you really need the wild form. I don't know. I literally
0: did this last night. I literally looked at the battle mage again and I looked at the girl battle mage and I'm like, yes. do I really need this plus two to run and charge? <laughs> Cause my daughters can run and charge, which is great. So I get plus two on both And cogs is obviously changed. So I can't get the, the plus two board wide. Um, but I think for me again, it was just like, uh, no, I don't quite need it.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a local shop near where I live. Um, and they do a lot of re like used models so i'm always on there just looking at old ones so as soon as that came up i just looked at all the city's models i could get and there was just and apparently i found out from someone that it's actually the battle mage from the hurricaneum kit the guy that's on top and i was like oh this is look cool let's put a you know skink head or a, a lizard head on him and this will be my battle mage so i don't know i have him. i have it so i might build it and this just goes back to the, the cool thing is that we we have a channel that I love just painting up and putting on random lists or different models so it's fun to just try stuff out so you know i'll maybe go back to him um drake there's a few other like drake spawn knights anything with a three-up save too like because we don't really have things that have three-up saves so looking at i'm not drake spawn um the, the bird, demi, demi griffin knights. yeah yeah so like even them it's like alley and a couple of them i don't know it's that's it, all just cute stuff that you know seraphon have probably have better units that you can be taking but again i think i'd rather ju- i think i'd just
0: rather a steggy like i'd rather a yeah. steggy
1: or a troglodon over over like a, a, a like demigriffs it's just fun flavor like just trying to find some cool stuff to to bring into your list um but <laughs> yeah we didn't even talk about Got- Gotrek. but yeah he's obviously the the big ally that you're you're going to be seeing and bringing in um But yeah, I guess we don't even really need to talk about him. Everyone knows. I I was going to say high level. Uh, High level. Do you think it's worth
0: considering? And by the way, like the number one ally, if I can do it, will be the the dragon. Like if I can get this stormcast dragon, I don't know what it does, but I want it in my list. That with go trek. Do you think your uh, type of army because it's four hundred odd points. Like an expensive addition to a force. Yeah. Is it a trap? Is it filling a void that you're missing? Do you need
1: it? I think he, no, I bought, I have him. I, I I think it's, he's amazing. He, there are very many ways to avoid him. And in certain battle plans, if you don't play him properly, you can, like I've played against Gotrex a lot where my opponent will deploy him in the corner or not in the corner, sorry, on one side or like in a position where he's not just right down the gut in the middle. And I will just put my entire army over on the other side and cap yeah. everything else. So, you know, you see tons of videos of people you know ways to avoid gotrick and blah 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 all of this type of stuff like that it is definitely a, something you will see and like list like buckets like the first prince like if you can half his charge and redeploy like he's not gonna get near you so there there are a lot of like different uh, ways to avoid him as well um but if you play him right and you run him auto six down the middle and then you get turned and you charge him in he will mess your shit up like he is no joke like it's it's just insane what that little guy can do
0: yeah and there's a lot and there's a lot of cool other options right you know you could go in as autumn's talking about some of the city's um models even like the anointed on foot whether it's the warden not warden king the other one that you know has an unbind there's a lot of cool things you can do but I think one of the other cool additions is that priests can now unbind as well so to stop you from removing endless spells you could use a priest to do that and keep. Um, Your wizards to cast or to generate
1: CP and all that good stuff. I really like. I I like that. I'm actually gonna look. I didn't even think about long beards. What? How many points are they for ten? Like if if they're you know they might be worth some type of short screen oh there's zach my buddy ridge in my <laughs> i
0: think i think you know you've got you've got the armies that have the deepest roster for allies you know Stormcast. you know after the new battle tome will probably be sitting at the 80 to 90 mark you'll have yeah. cities of sigma which is sitting in the 70 to 80 mark somewhere so you know between the two you've got a lot of cool options but i think the challenge is one where do you get the points from two what's the role that you need filled you know, do you need a fast flying wizard? Maybe it's the, the, uh, the freak general general, the freak general, the battle mage on Griffin. If you need some type of s- wizard sniper, maybe it's Doralina or are you just better off keeping? I think this is a, we'll be here that- forever going through allies.
1: Yeah. I like, I do like that one. And Carl has used it against me because that sniping wizards, you know, against their is great. And I think, you know with comment and with camos you know those long-range mortals or the long-range yeah. damage i could definitely be something to look into but i think more it's going to be this new stormcast book it's like when these things come out it's you know if they're your ally it's it's almost like a release for you too right you're going to find a couple of those units that that work well into your army and you know maybe it's a giant dragon or maybe it's some whatever uh, a unit that maybe didn't have the same rules as now it's going to have in the new book and i have a feeling that this new stormcast is going to be good yeah uh yeah so we'll we'll see the, fir- the first two armies in the aos release i just have a feeling stormcast have uh, historically not been the best but um i don't know i got a feeling they're going to be they're going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah, Evocators were well, well hot when they first come out, and they kind of eventually got changed. But yeah. who knows? But I think Seraphon coming back to Seraphon um, because uh, this is the book. It's. A, I think you're generally no, but you're generally in a really good spot. I think my overall uh, analysis of Seraphon, right now, is whether you go Starborn, whether you go Coalesced, whether you want to go a dino route or a traditional skink slan route, you have good options. I think some things have changed for the better, some things have changed for the worse. My advice to everyone is always forget your second edition list, start afresh in third and build around third because the battle tactics, the grand strategies, the way you interact, and you don't have to. Like, very early on, I was building lists that had a lot of screens and a lot of like multiple small units to go handle objectives. Yeah. But one, I'm not dealing with, you know, eight objectives like scorched earth. Two, I don't have to cap and and do all this retaining that I used to have to. It's more about mm-hmm. controlling more than my opponent, which often is just can be two. Two. Yeah, three. exactly. So, yeah. so having more bubbles, having more buffed up, you know, forces that can go off the two objectives is often enough
1: yeah i think it comes down to when you want if you're looking at seraphon from a high level it depends on what you want out of them if you want to have fun and you want you play casually with your friends definitely just play whatever you want you can play cold Claw is still can be competitive like coldest claw in, in aos2 were doing really well like like james b there there's a lot of guys on tts2 that that played coldest claw that ran the knights ran everything and they were so good and three they're probably the only only army that I would say is not as competitive as Draco's yeah. Fangs and Thunder Lizards. So if you want to play competitively, I would say either if you want to go with Thunder Lizards, then you're you're going to go Staggies and Basilons. If you want to go, uh, you can either go Fangs or Draco's. They're both going to be really good in this edition. Yeah, I would
0: agree. I would say that you know um, that's probably how I would order it. I think most of it is is still pretty good, uh, and I think James B's in the chat is saying it is still good for me. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. A a smart player will make it work. We've seen it in the competitive scene. You know, people are still winning or top 10 with armies that people rubbished off. So um, I wouldn't put my toys away just yet. Go test, learn, play, um, find the hidden jank and the combos and the synergies, and we all learn together, which will lead me to... If you are playing Seraphon and this list, and I'll show the list again, but um, Rich has been an awesome guest. But if your list looks very different to this list and you're like, I really love X, I prefer Y. I want to know. Let me know in the comment section. Tell me what you're building around and why. Because I think as the meta evolves, as tournaments start settling into the different um, battle plans, and, you know, maybe even... And then one of the things I'm testing as well is the long game. I'm in lockdown. I'm in week 11. I'm not going to a tournament anytime soon. So I'm imagining in a world of 2022 when I can finally play, snakes might be nerfed in um, in, in the eyes of Marathi. So I'm going along. <laughs> with witch elves that, you know, test, play, see what things do in third edition. And you might be surprised with some of the good stuff and the bad stuff.
1: You couldn't, and you couldn't have picked a better book if you're, if you want to jump in and start an army, you can't pick a better army than Seraphon to play, uh, you know, whatever you want to play. Like I I said in my tweet earlier, I'm like, prove me wrong. This is the best book uh, for variance and for competitiveness for just overall, being able to play anything. And, and James, I'm gonna message you after. I'm curious to hear the the Kodos claw. But I, I I do think Kodos can still probably be competitive. It's just, you know, knights losing the not having ten anymore, you know, running maybe MSU knights. I don't know. I'm curious. But uh yeah, every everything's great.
0: Ridge if people want to chat to you I have a feeling I know the answer to this but if people want to learn more one you've obviously got season of war so if you want to see Ridge put this theory into practice there's plenty of battle reports and they're obviously doing many more both um, publicly on YouTube as well as they put out extras on their Patreon Um, but if people want to chat to you you've got Twitter they're cool to message you and and chat and obviously all that good stuff yeah
1: a hundred percent so yeah it's just Ridge of Sigmar so Ridge underscore of underscore Sigmar is my uh, Twitter handle. And then I don't even know what my Discord is, but I talk to a lot of guys on Discord as well because that's where we meet to play TTS, obviously, in a lot of the tournaments before. But yeah, message me anything at any time. I always love talking about Seraphon. I've messaged a bunch of random people like Basil and I know James B. Like there's a lot of guys that I've just played or seen in TTS that I'll just be like, hey man, like, what's up? What do you think about this? And then we just start talking about Seraphon and there's nothing better than that. So for sure.
0: I think that's been the exciting part as well. And it's probably what's kept me sane during lockdown is communities like Discord, like Facebook pages and wherever you want to, you know, WhatsApps or whatever it is, people know I've got a Discord link below. Join it. Come join us. But like being able to go, right, this is my list. Pick it apart. And, you know, I've got a great community who I've been sharing my daughter's list going Does it work the way you're thinking? Oh, I like how you've done that. Have you thought about going from Temple A to Temple B? Um, And it's been great to kind of pull our resources and learn together. And I think when these tournaments start picking back up wherever you might be, you're going to be better off because you've had a great community. So whether it is the Seraphon Facebook page or Lustria online or whether it's, um, you know, my Discord or wherever it might be. I'd highly recommend, you know, sharing thoughts. We're all learning together, and which is why I'm saying leave comments in the comment section because I want to hear from you and all the other Seraphon players would love to kind of, like, formulate some ideas. Big time. Cool. All right, well, it's lunchtime for me. Ridge, you have been an absolute legend. Thank you for joining. Um, I've learned plenty. Um, I hope you've been enjoying your beers. I love the Lustria background, all your prizes of <laughs> the old ones. Uh, go check out Seasons of War. They are an absolute bloody legends uh, man. I need to buy that. I love croak, <laughs> yeah. I love croak. I love croak. <laughs> All right, we're off. Have a good one. Peace. See you later everyone. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video, as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below.